Well, I'm, uh, I'm always nervous as a cat to get started on these things, so uh, fix this a little bit. I don't know why, but well, I do know why. It's, uh, it's always a challenge when you are put in a position to bring God's word. I, I don't want to mess up. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be him. So it, it just always, uh, I feel like a cat turned loose in a dog kennel, and it takes me a little bit to get going. So once I get started, I'll be all right. But got a couple of things I want to share with you this morning uh, that I feel like God put on my heart. I know it's a deer hunt. I mean, you've enjoyed the hunt so far. <laughs> Who all's killed a deer? So where's the hands of the deer killed? Man, look at this. They're dropping like flies. Oh, Jason's tagged out now, right? You done that. He's got to take you now. So now it's your turn. So that's awesome. You know, we, we did, like we said last night, you know, Peter Snyder Mysteries is the way we set this up is to get you out into the outdoors. And what a, what a cool thing to blend your passion for Christ with your passion for the outdoors. That's what God's allowed me to do. I love it. I love every minute of it. And, you know, the killing's just kind of the bonus. You know? I mean, how many of you have had a good time in the blind even if you didn't fire the gun? Yeah. I mean, it's the camaraderie that comes from, from being in a blind. You can tell stories. It, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like being in Vegas. What goes on in the blind stays in the blind. Right? Keep that in mind. Some of your stories you've heard stays in the blind. Don't want to tell them out here. But um, I want to talk to you this morning about, a, about calls. You've probably seen some of that this weekend. But in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, the Bible says this. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. They can't be taken back. So keep that in mind as we go through this. I want to start out with the story of Samuel. Um, Samuel was a prophet. If, if, you, if you know your, your biblical history, which I'm not a Bible scholar, I use a lot of different versions of the Bible when I study, including the MOV, which is my own version. So I try to warn people when I'm using that, but um, I'll, I'll try to stick with the word today. But this is a, I want to talk about the story of Samuel. This is found in 1 Samuel 3, starting with verse 1 through 10. It says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. The visions were quite uncommon. So one night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. And then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here am I. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. So Samuel, he, he, didn't, know what, he didn't know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord yet. Um, so the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here am I. Did you call me? Then Eli, realizing that it was the Lord who was calling the boy, he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called us as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, for your servant is listening. 
This began the very calling, or the, the, very, the very calling of a prophet of God in Samuel's life, and it began his ministry and his calling that, that we see throughout the Bible. My wife this morning is getting ready. She opens the bathroom door and she said, did you say something to me? <laughs> no. I said, just respond, yes, Lord, your servants are listening. <laughs> I don't know whose voice she was hearing this morning, but it wasn't mine. <laughs> uh, in Jeremiah chapter 1, it talks about this very fact, that each of us are called. We're created to serve a specific purpose. Scripture says that before you were born, before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I'd already set you apart to be a voice to the nations. Now, we, you know, you can, you can bring the Bible down to a very small scope and think, well, you know, he was just speaking to Jeremiah. But that's not how the Bible works. See, everything that's written in the Bible, even though it may have been specifically at somebody at the time, is for all of us today. It's our calling. And what God calls or says to us today is, I knew you. I knew each one of you before I ever formed you in your mother's womb. I'd already set you apart to be a voice to the nations. And Jeremiah was, by historians' belief, was probably a teenager. One of you young men. So if you were to be called today and someone tell you, Nathan, I want you to go to President Trump, here's what I want you to tell him, what would you say? See, most of us would say, uh, no. <laughs> I, 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 can't get, I'm, I can't get to him, right? No one's going to listen to me. This is Jeremiah himself. God, I, I can't do this. I'm just a kid. Who's going to listen to me? But man, what's really cool about that story, and, I, and I'd encourage you to go and look at Jeremiah, because Jeremiah's a really cool story, because it goes on to say, man, you don't need to fear the people, because I've put my words in your mouth. And the Bible actually describes the, the, the angel of the Lord reaching down and grabbing the coals and taking the coal of fire and touching his lips. Think, see, I've put my, my words in your mouth today. Don't fear your people. God is looking for you. He is calling to you. Psalms 41, verse 1 to 2, gives a description of us kind of running through this crazy life. This is one of my favorites in Psalms. As the deer longs for the streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Psalm 63.1 says it this way, His desire is for us to seek him, to answer his call. O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Anybody ever been in a spot where you haven't had any water for a while? That's hard. We live in Oklahoma. You have to drink water. It gets hot. It'll dry you out. I've actually seen images of a, of a deer who was ran too far, too long, and they actually, they can, you can run a deer so hard it'll die simply because of the, the lack of the refreshing that it can get from a stream of water. Now, <clears throat> there's all kinds of calls. I love calls. <laughs> this, this, is where I, this is where I get fun here. I like this part. Because calls... What, what, what is the purpose of a call? To draw something closer, right? And that's really the purpose of a call. You, you, we, we may mimic something in particular, depending on what you're hunting, but it, you know, the purpose of a call is to draw something closer to you. So you know, we, some of us aren't very good at that, but throughout the, the history, we have all these different calls. 
And I've got a few with me today. These are, uh, anybody coyote hunt? Anybody like a coyote hunt? Yeah, yeah. Cats, bobcats, got an open reed call. I, I won't blow these because these are obnoxious. Um, but you got, this, this is one of my favorites. I like this one. That one's easy. You can just keep it in your pocket. Bring something right into you. So you got all the varmint calls, coyote calls. That'll draw stuff to you if you've ever coyote hunted. It's a lot of fun when you get one coming to a call because they come in on a tear. What else we got? Um, you've been on a deer hunt this weekend. Your guides have probably used some form of technique or may have or maybe you've tried yourself uh, to get a deer's attention. There's a, there's a pile of ways to do that through various calls. This is, uh, this is actually one of the original grunt calls. This is one of Brad Harris's little kits that he's done. So you might have used one of those this weekend while you're deer hunting, a little grunt call. Draw, draw that deer closer to you. We've got, um, there's lots of other things in here too. I have fun with these. You got the old oblique. Now I've actually used something similar to this and had a doe nearly run over the top of me one day. Scared me to death. Scared her too, but but yeah, just a little call out there. And uh, let's see, what else we have in here? Anybody else using it? Well, you got your rattling antlers. I didn't bring rattling antlers, that kind of thing. You can do all kinds of stuff with deer. You can do the old grunt, snort, squeeze. Now, I've actually heard here in Missouri that the bucks here actually bark. <laughs> I wish Nicole was here this morning to hear this. I'll email her this audio just so she knows she made the sermon. But yeah, that, yeah they told us yesterday that, that they heard these two bucks barking at each other. <laughs> Here's, here's another way that you can get a deer's attention really quick is to cough or to sneeze while you're in your blind. Anybody ever got a deer's attention doing that? Usually it results with something like a whew, whew, as a white tail bounces away. So you, you can get a deer's attention a lot of different ways. Duck hunting. Anybody here duck hunt? I love duck hunting. I don't go anywhere without a duck call. You got to have a duck call. I've got my handy dandy duck calling lanyard here. And you got all kinds of duck calls on here. You got little ducks, big ducks. This is a big duck. And this little duck call. And you got this little thing here. This is great. Them calls down here, those are like $150 a piece. Yeah, I mean, why? I don't know. But they're cool and they sound good. And I think they do anyway. You know, they, there's, there's something really cool about blowing a duck call. If you're blowing a duck call, there's only one person enjoying it, the one blowing it. <laughs> Everybody else is annoyed by it, right? I told a young man at our church one time, he had a little duck call, and he was practicing while I was showing him some stuff, and I said, Nate, I said, the best place in the world to practice your duck calling is in the car on your way home from church. <laughs> His mama was not real happy with me. And the next time I saw Nate, I said, where's your duck call? He goes, I can't find it. <laughs> Imagine that. But all these $150 calls, I've got a $7 whistle. This crazy thing will do more stuff and set more ducks than anything I've ever used in my life. And it only costs $7. Did you know one of the coolest calls in the world is a Mallard Drake? Now, a Mallard hen, this, 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 is, this is extra stuff. It's just fluff. 
A mallard hen has just the normal vocalization. <laughs> mallard hen. It's the most common call out there in the duck world. But a mallard drake has this. Yo, you can set more ducks with that right there than you can with that mallard hen. Promise you. Try it. Now, this it'll do other things too. You have a, a pintail. And you can do an American widgeon. Then you have a teal. Now, teal are really cool. A drake teal has a very simple vocalization. The hen teal is, is a, kind of a light version of a mallard call. Really, really pretty mild. But the, so the, the, the drake, he's like. That's it. That's a drake teal. Now, again, the hen, she's like. You have the teal. Beep. So, so you have the female. Nag, nag, nag. And the guy just like, beep. <laughs> That's actually a John Goblin special. I love that when he tells that. That's always fun. But anyway, you have all these duck calls. Obviously, you know, we, we call ducks for various reasons. Sometimes just to hear our own voice. But um, other times to actually get ducks to do what we want them to do. And anybody here a turkey hunter? Like turkey call? Now, I, I'm not a turkey hunter, I believe it or not. I, I don't know why. Out of all the stuff I love to play with, with calls, I'm really not a turkey hunter. I got this crazy thing. I can't even make it work. Can't do it. Anyway, can you, you know how to do that? Look at this. this She's going to show me up right here. Let me get that fixed for you. You make that thing chalk. Other than there. There you go. It probably needs a little work. But you're doing good. That's because I got my first turkey this year. Awesome. That's way cool. They got, you know, you have a slate call and, and, and uh, they got them little, them little diaphragm things you put in your mouth. I can't do that. I'll be throwing up. Gagging, turkeys running. I, I, but there is one particular call that I really like, and, and most of you turkey hunters, it's kind of a lot of them, are, it's kind of their go-to. This call is so well known that many of you have heard you, especially up here in Missouri. Okies don't do this. I don't know why, but you Missouri guys, you, you, uh, how many of you in here can sound like a hoot owl? Where's Tron? I know Tron can. There's two or three of them back here. Well, that, that's called a, there you go. That's called a locator. Now, I've heard turkeys gobble to a truck door slamming. I've heard turkeys gobble to someone sneezing. I've heard turkeys gobble to a cow bawling. I've heard turkeys gobble to a dog barking. They probably gobble all the time, these deer barking around them. <laughs> But there's one, there's one call that really seems to be this go-to call that, that enough so that the many turkey hunters can do this you know, by themselves with their voice. I can't, so I actually carry one around with me. But it's a locator. Now, a locator call is really neat because, I, and why it works, I really don't know. But all you have to do with a locator, <laughs> and what usually happens? I knew that was coming. 
I can't do that either. <laughs> but yeah, you know that every time you blow a locator, that old Tom's going to bust off. And, and what's the purpose of that? Locating him so that you can put your moves on him, right? Now, I've said all of that to bring you to this very moment. God is blowing his locator call this morning. He's looking for you. He desires a relationship with you on a personal level. He's got a plan for you. He has had it since creating you. We learned that in Jeremiah. Now he's looking for you to answer his call. So if you look on in Jeremiah 21, 29, verse 11 through 14, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to bring you harm, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore the fortunes and gather you from the nations. Amen. How many of y'all could use some hope this morning? Yeah. How many could use some restoration this morning? Yeah. So as we kind of swing this to a close, I'm pretty short-winded, so. But as we close this out today, I, I want to ask you something. Have you answered his call? God has used your guides, your cameramen, or women, these incredible volunteers, this ministry, throughout this entire weekend. And now, this morning, he's using me as his locator. He's looking for you, and he's waiting with his arms open wide for you to answer. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is... is, is the, the story of when the, when the boy goes and squanders all his riches. He come from a wealthy family. He had it made. All he had to do was just hang on. But he couldn't do it. He's like, man, I, Dad, just cash me out. My inheritance, I, I, I want to go do my own thing. And that's a lot of us. Cash me out. I just want to go do my own thing. I want to live my life my way. And unfortunately, most of the time, that ends... In disaster for most of us it did for me it did for many but the the story doesn't end there so the story talks about where this young man here he is he's lost all his money he's lost all his friends you know the money runs out the friends are gone here he's finding himself slopping hogs just to be able to eat eating the very thing that that they're feeding the pigs and he thinks, you know what? My dad's servants live better than this. I'll just go back and, and, and just beg my dad to just let me be one of his servants. Just, just so I've got a roof and a, and a bed and some meals. And what's really cool about this story is, is that the Bible describes this, this young man begins to head home. And, and I, I have a, you know, I get, I, I love reading in image, imagery. You know, so I'm thinking of the big ranch spread. You know, with the driveway that's a mile and a half long from the gate, you know. Big ranch house down there on the hill. See, this story describes this young man. He turns in the gate. He starts walking down that long old lane. You got to imagine what he's thinking. Man, my dad is going to do me one of them I told you so's. You know, he's, not, he's just going to yell at me. He's going to tell me how much of a bad decision I made and what an idiot I am and all of these things. 
But the story goes on to describe that something quite unique that I think sometimes we overlook. Right in the midst of the story, we see where the dad sees him from a long ways off. So that tells me something that's not recorded. This comes from the MOV. Told you I'd warn you when I'd use that. But in the MOV, what that tells me is dad never stopped looking for him to come home. Dad never stopped looking for him to come home. And he wasn't standing there with a stick. He wasn't standing there with his finger like this. The Bible describes that when his dad saw him from a distance, he took off running towards his son. Now, obviously, this, this picture of this Bible that describes, you know, this, this was a, a wealthy dad, a wealthy family. You know, this is someone of, of posture. And here's this dad running down this driveway to meet his son. And then, you know, the, I mean, you still got to imagine what's going through this kid's mind. Man, he's coming to whoop me. Yeah, he's he coming to run me off. He's going to tell me to go back where I came from. He doesn't want me. But again, when this, this, this picture unveils, as the dad reaches his son, his arms are open wide. And he grabs him and he hugs him. Now, this kid's been feeding pigs, living with them, eating their, he was not a pretty sight. And that dad grabbed him up, wrapped him in his arms, kissed him on the neck, right through all the grime and the crud, took his own coat off and puts it around his son. And then he takes that ring off. So that ring represents that you're my family. And he places it on his son's finger. And he said, welcome home, son. And he tells one of his servants, man, go kill that big calf. We're fixing to have a party. Can you see that picture? You see, that's exactly what's happening today. That, that locator call has gone out and he's waiting on you to turn home. And it's not going to be with him with his finger in your face saying, man, I told you so. You've got a God who's standing looking for you, waiting for you to turn down that lane with his arms open wide and he's going to come running to you. Lakin, you guys want to play a little bit? I've asked Lakin to play a song as we close tonight that she actually wrote. I won't tell the whole story, but she wrote this at a time when she was seeking some things and God was looking for her. I want you to listen closely to the words as we close today. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Amen. Jesus is saying there's only one way in, and I'm it. You have to have a relationship with me. Matthew 12, 11, verse 28, Jesus says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Listen to this song. Let it soak into your heart this morning as we close. <laughs>